this morning, I just want to share a real simple word with you. I need a father. I have to emphasize it, and you'll know why in a minute. But that's how we need to say that this morning. I need a father. I need a father. I need a father. We've been in a series called Identity Theft. And we've recognized our own identity has been tampered with by an enemy that is lying to us. We recognize that the enemy has put other Jesuses in our way and even caused identity theft to the true Lord Jesus Christ. But there's also an identity theft of the Father. Our fathers were supposed to represent God to us. And they just didn't do that good a job in it. Uh, maybe your, your father was the best thing since buttered toast. I don't know what that means. Sliced bread. That's even like I don't understand that either. But, uh, you know, our, our fathers had a father who had a father who had a father. You can just take it right back to Adam and just call us all dysfunctional, can't you? And all broken. We need a father. And we were supposed to get a lesson on fatherhood. And we're still trying to understand that fatherhood. Now, talk about theft. My father was taken from me. Uh, my father was, you, you talk about kill, steal, and destroy. Uh, I lost my father when I was 16. He had committed suicide. And so I haven't had a father for 44 years. And so I need a father. And uh, Paul says this to the Corinthian church, though you may have thousands of teachers, thousands of guardians, thousands of people watching over, thousands of people instructing you, there are very few fathers in the church. He's talking about being a father spiritually to the people at Corinth who are being led astray by teachers and false teachers and an enemy that is robbing identity of the true father. And so we need an understanding of the Father. Now, again, we have earthly fathers. Some of you have a father, some of you don't. Some had a father that did a good job, some didn't. But the bottom line is, no matter what your situation is, we need a good, good father. We need a representation of what father is. And so what I want you to understand is there are three references in the New Testament to a phrase that Paul adopts as his favorite phrase, and it's Abba Father, an Abba Father. And so one of the first places Paul represents this word Abba Father is in Romans 8.15. He says, for you have not received a spirit of slavery leading you to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out Abba Father. So he's speaking to our orphan spirit. Our orphan spirit started in that garden when Adam chose himself over his father's will. We see Jesus restoring it by choosing the father's will over self-will. You see the reversal in the garden. Both taking place in a garden. And Adam chose his will over his father's and orphaned the human race where Jesus chose his Father's will over his own flesh and rescued the human race, by which we can now say, Abba, Father. We don't have to be slaves to sin anymore. When he's talking about slavery, he's not talking about the slavery of man to man, although it's created because of the original source being sin. But being a slave to sin, 
He said, you've been removed. You've been not, you haven't been given a spirit of fear, but you've been given a spirit of adoption, being adopted, brought in as a son by which you can call God Abba Father. He uses it a second reference in his uh, second etude uh, to justification, which is the book of Galatians. And he says this, because you are sons, because you are a son, that's a matter of statement and fact, because you are sons, and ladies, you are sons. It's a title. It's a title of authority. Because you are sons, God has sent forth, he's issued forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Now there's one other time we see this reference to Abba, Father, and it's found in the book of Mark, and it's on the lips of Jesus. And that is why Paul uses this twice in reference to our relationship and identity with the Father, is that we can cry out, Abba, Father. And that's a unique statement. It obviously was in the early church. It was obviously spoken by the apostles who were continuing on the doctrine of Christ Jesus. There was nothing written at this time. There were no gospels, nothing else spoken. So this was obviously oral tradition. That as Peter would tell the story, as John would tell the story, as the apostles would tell the story, they would tell the story of Jesus in the garden. And in Jesus, Mark 14, 36, Jesus says this, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not my will, but thy will be done. And so this is a statement from the lips of Jesus crying out to God, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. Matthew doesn't record it the same. He says, Father. Luke simply says, Father. Mark is the first gospel written, and Mark speaks of this phrase unique on the lips of Jesus. Paul picks that up, and he makes reference to it because there's something about Abba, Father. There's a yearning in this phrase. There is a cry in this phrase. There is a desperation in this phrase. Abba, Father. Now, it's a repetitive phrase. Now, Abba is Aramaic, and it means father. Pater is Greek, and it means father. Now, there have been references in the past that Abba is an endearing term. In Aramaic, it means daddy. It means something a little child would say. Um, uh, uh, folks who have, have written that in the past have tried to bring an endearment to the word. But actually, in fact, in Aramaic, there's only one word for father or daddy. It's Abba. You, know, you could go to Jerusalem right now and you can hear little kids say Abba. But you can also hear a 30-year-old shopkeeper say Abba. You could hear an 80-year-old man call father and it would be Abba the word is Abba and it means father it means daddy so why why would the gospel writer put Aramaic and Greek together Abba Pater when really what he's saying is father father but it has to go deeper than simply a stutter or a repeat when a prophet makes a declaration he usually says truly truly he reiterates the phrase so that you will pay attention. It is an exclamation to the cry. 
So when Jesus says, Abba, Father, when he cries out, Father, Father, he's crying out and Mark needed to keep it so distinct and made to keep it in such a phrase that the early church would cry this out in their prayers from the lips of Jesus in desperation when they needed help. Abba, Father. And Paul picks up on this and uses it twice in reference to our positioning and adoption in God. But here's the thing that he says. He says in Galatians, God has sent forth the spirit of his, what? Son. He's keying off that phrase from Jesus' mouth. From Jesus' mouth into your spirit. So it'll come out of your mouth. He's not saying out of your soul you cry out, Abba, Father. Right? Now, I I cry out of my soul, God, oh God, I need you, I need you. But this isn't dependent on you, and this is what I love about this fact. But God does it by His Spirit into our spirit. This is the help you and I need when we're in desperation. This is the help and the unction we need from Jesus, our high priest and our intercessor. He's giving us the spirit of his son. He wants you to cry out just like Jesus cried out. In fact, he's giving you Jesus' spirit to cry out. So that when you're crying out, Abba, Father, it is equal and matches to the same Abba, Father, that Jesus cried out. I'm echoing the spirit of Christ Jesus, the spirit of his son, into our hearts. And here's a key word, crying, Abba, Father. Romans says the same thing. Paul uses the same Greek word, kradzo, in in Romans 8 that I shared with you, where he says, and we cry, Abba, Father. And this word is crying, Abba, Father. So what's the point? The point is the Greek word kradzo means to bellow it means to scream it means to shriek it means to cry out and it is an unction coming from god himself in us the spirit of christ in us crying out in intercession for us as the Spirit cries and beacons and bellows out of us. I need a Father. Every one of us in this room needs a Father. I don't need another teacher. I don't need another pastor. I don't need another preacher. I don't need another sermon. I don't need another pat on the back. I need a Father. This world is desperate for fathers. Do you see what the enemy has done to fatherhood? Absolutely obliterated it from the family. Now the family's defined as a mother and a son, as, as two men and a, and a child adopted, or two women and a child. Where's the father? The identity of a father is obliterated because there is one cry in every human heart I need a father. Now listen, when Jesus cried out, Abba, Father, he wasn't crying out, I need to get out of this cross thing. (laughs) 
He wasn't saying, work another way for me to get away from the cross. Because he had been teaching the cross for three years to his disciples. He knew what he was about to do. And yet for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. So what was he crying out about was the cup of wrath. For the suffering he was going to endure. Not the suffering on the cross. But the wrath that was to come. But he knew he had to endure the judgment of God for you and I. He wasn't saying, I don't want my hands pierced. He wasn't saying, I don't want my beard plucked out. He wasn't saying, I don't want him to spit on me. He was saying, oh God, this thing I can't take would be you and your wrath on me. I'm your son. Daddy, daddy, is there any other way? Daddy, daddy, I, to take your wrath on me, it should not be. I've done nothing wrong. I've lived to perfection. It should not be, but it's not about me. It's about you. It's about us. There is no other way. Daddy, daddy. And so our hearts cry. Daddy, I need a father. When you cry, Abba, Father, the Spirit in you is crying out, Abba, Father, I need my father. Jesus said, what is best, I will do. Father, Father. There have been things that I've gone through. There's things you've gone through that you can't change. They are sealed by death and separation. You can't go back on certain things. But you can cry out, Abba, Father. Oh, Father, Father. Father me through. Father me through. That's the cry that is Abba, Father. I need a father. Abba, Father. I need a Father to identify me. I need a Father to give me a name. That's what fathers did. Present the baby before the Lord and the Father would make the declaration to the child's name. Did you know that once you got saved, there was a new name? written down that Father calls you. It's a name unique to you, just as your fingerprint. I need a title. I need authority given to me. I, I, I need to know what my destiny is, my future is, and my Father gives me that decree. He prophesies over me. He makes declaration over me. When Abraham blessed Isaac, when Isaac blessed Jacob, when Jacob blessed the twelve, and so on and so on, the Father makes declaration prophetically speaking destiny from generation to generation to generation. Within us and within our identity is those who will come forth out of us. And those who will come forth spiritually. I need a Father to speak destiny over me. I'm tired of wandering and trying to find my way. Americans love rugged individualism. 
You know what rugged individualism gets you? Nowhere. Nowhere. We're so independent, aren't we? We're so proud of that. And all we end up doing is falling into a ditch over and over. I need a father to tell me how to go. I need a father that makes a declaration and says, this way, my son, stay to the path, and I will speak to you in your directives. I need a father to give me significance. Every human being is trying to make some kind of significant benefit to the human race, trying to make some significant mark and niche in life. What is it? What have we done? Huh? What have we done? I can drink more beers than you? What have we done? Had more women than the next guy? What have we done? I've climbed the corporate ladder higher than somebody else? What is it? What, what can we do? I dress nicer than everybody else? What's the significance in all of that? I need significance that is eternal. I need a father who calls me into that which is significant. And it's okay. It doesn't matter what the job is. But as I please my dad, as I please my father, I've got an eternal place in glory. He might say, talk to that waitress. He might say, help that woman with $5. He might say, help that man move his car. He might say, do this. And I'll say, Father, Father, Abba, Father. I need a daddy to tell me what to do today. Amen. And when I lay my head on the pillow, it's not about what I've accomplished. It's what we've accomplished. Hallelujah. I need a father because he gives me significance, heritage, and a destiny. I need a father to encourage me. It's a dog-eat-dog world. This is a tough world. I need a father that says, well done, son. Well done. Good job. Get back up. You can do this. I need a father to teach me. I need a father to instruct me. I, I, I need father to, to speak to my heart. I could go to YouTube and I could listen to another teacher preach it. I need father to teach me. Because I can get stuff inside my head all day long. I can learn knowledge. I can learn education. But I need father to imprint his identity in me. I need to know father's heart. And I'll only know Father's heart when Father speaks to me. Now, I can hear it in a sermon. Yeah, I can hear it on the radio. I can hear it in a song. I just have, have my ear tuned to Dad. I need a Father to teach me how to fight and beat up my enemies. My daddy can take your daddy any day. How many of you need to remember that? This world's daddy is the enemy, the devil. My daddy took him already. My daddy put him under our feet. Why am I worried about them? My daddy just messed your daddy up. In fact, it was my brother that took care of it. Right? I need him to teach me how to war. I need to teach me how to fight. I need God to teach me the art of war. When to choose a battle to fight and when not to. When to simply dismiss it. And I need the intelligence of Father to teach me that. I need Father to teach me how to be gracious. Because I don't understand grace. I understand justice. I understand eye for an eye, tooth for tooth. But I need to teach, I need Father to teach me grace. And I need to model myself after my daddy. I need to look like my father. 
I need to talk like my father. I, I hope I'm going to grow up into the full stature of what my daddy looks like. I want to look like my dad. I want to say, Father, did I do all right? I want Father to correct me in love. I want him to teach me where I got it wrong so that I can do it right. I want a father who won't give up on me, who'll, who will not disown me. In fact, he'd say, son, you, you messed this one up good. But you know what? I'm never going to leave you. I will never forsake you. Let's get this right. I need a father. That's why in me the Spirit cries out, Abba, Father. You see, it is a beacon. How many of you have ever seen a lighthouse? It's got a big light on it, right? Anybody ever see the Shores Towers, that, that red and white light, right, over by the water? It's a beacon. A lighthouse has a beacon. There's a beacon. Uh, uh, how many of you ever, uh, a homing device, a homing device that sends out a signal, beep, beep, beep. That's the Holy Spirit just constantly in you crying out, Abba, Father, you need a father. Call on Daddy, you need a father. He's just constantly beckoning. He's just constantly beckoning to us. He's constantly just saying, Abba, Abba, Father. That's a, he put the Spirit of His Son in us by which we cry, Abba, Father. And it isn't, many times we'll be going through something, we're trying to figure something out, figure something out, figure something out, and finally the Spirit says, cry out, man. Cry for your Daddy. Abba, Father, Father, Father. That is the cry, the beacon within you. I need a father to protect me from harm. I need a father to teach me wisdom and keep me from my own stupidity. I need a father who will teach me the traps of the enemy and how to stay away from temptation. Now, if you would look at Scripture, you will find out that every Bible story has one need and one necessity in it Abba Father I need a father because if you look at Adam there was one thing Adam needed he needed a father and as he rebelled against his father he went and hid he thought father's coming and father's just going to pounce on him but father showed up and said where are you at Adam, now you know what it's like as an adult when your kid hides on you. Can't see me. It is so obvious where they are, but you play along. God showed up. You don't think he knew Adam and Eve were in the bushes? You don't think he knew where they were? Adam, where are you? Leaves are wrestling. Eve's going, you tell him. I ain't telling him. It's your fault. <clears throat> First marital spat. He stands out. She did it. Dude, you need a father. <laughs> it's not how we behave, Adam. But God covered him. I need a father to cover me. I need a father to cover my shame and to cover my failure, to cover my sin. I need a father that won't run away from me, but that runs to me. Like the prodigal son, as the father ran to him, he said, first thing, that boy smelled like pigs. That boy was a mess. He was full of mud. He stunk. The 
First thing father did was cover his shame. Bring me the best robe in the house and cover my son. How many of you need a covering this morning from a father? I need, I need a father. <coughs> I need a father. Adam needed a father to teach him the value of a wife brought Eve to him as a gift. What about Noah? We need someone to teach us how to protect our family from our culture, from our society. God said, I'm going to prepare a place that's going to keep you safe. We need a father that's going to keep us safe in a time of trouble and is going to build an ark of safety around us. It's called the Holy Spirit that's going to protect us and keep us covered. God is, I need a father that Noah needed to teach me how to build something I've never built before. Noah never sought out to become a shipbuilder. He was a vineyard man. He was a man who worked in the toiled in the ground. He didn't know how to build a boat. Father told him, you're going to build a boat. I don't know how to build a boat. Every hero in the Bible, God calls them to something they don't know how to do. Do you know why? They can learn from their dad. I need a father. You see, this is the problem with all of us. We do what we're comfortable with and what we know how to do, and we call it faith. That's not faith. That is not faith. You want to do faith? You get called into something. You have no idea how to do it. You have no idea how the outcome will call. And so you go, I'm a father. Daddy, daddy. <clears throat> Get used to it because that's where the church is headed. Get used to it because that's where your life is headed. You're headed for a situation that you have no idea how to get out of. You're headed for a situation that you don't know what to do next. And the only words on your lips are going to come out of your spirit in a cry. And you're going to say, I need a father. Abba, Abba, daddy. That's where the church is headed. Are you ready to go there? If you know your father, you're okay. What about Abraham? I need a father that's going to call me into destiny. I want to go to father's house. He was looking for a, an architect whose city was not the builder made by men's hands, but the builder was God. I need a, I need a father that's going to build a house that I'm going to live in. Instead of me building my own. I need a father. I need a father. Because there's going to be things that daddy's going to ask me to do. When he told me I was going to become a daddy, Abraham said, I had no idea he was going to ask me to offer up my son. But this is how Abraham understood the character of God. The book of Hebrews says that he believed that God would raise his son from the dead. See, he understood, because here it is. Here's the complexity of this. See, most Christians are taken out by bad situations. And I'll tell you why. They don't know the character of God. They don't know Father. So a bad thing happens to us, and then we quit on God. Where's God? I thought he was a good God. I thought he cared about us. You see, Abraham had to do the spiritual math to this thing. There's a spiritual dimension to it. There's a quantum physics that goes beyond physics into the spirit. I flunked math, so I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm all good with this. 
because it's a spiritual thing. It doesn't have to line up in the physical realm. You see, because he remembers that God made a covenant, a blood covenant with him and said that your generations will be as many as the stars and as many as the sand and your seed, your son Isaac, is the answer to that prayer. Now go kill him. What do you think his heart's cry was? I need a father through this. Daddy, daddy. I believe that he may have even had those same words on his lips because it happened to be the same mountain that Jesus was crucified. And Jesus said, Abraham saw my day and rejoiced. Could it have been that when he understood that, wait a minute, this is my hope, this is my future. This is my promise that God spoke to me. And my God is good. My God is faithful. My God supplied this for me. And he's asking me to give it back to him. Then I have to understand somehow, some way, Isaac's coming back to me. And he was ready. I mean full board ready. He was cocked and loaded. He was back and ready to let it fly. And the angel didn't show up till it went down. And I believe that it's not written, but might possibly have said, Abba, Father! Could Isaac have said the same thing laying there? Father! You see, you had a meeting of fathers on that hill. And he stopped him and he said, no, 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 no. That's not the son that's going to be sacrificed. I'll provide the son. I need a father. I need a father who provides for me way beyond any provision I can make. There's nothing I can add to this. Oh, we could go on and on. I could speak here for hours about Moses who had a friend and a mentor in in Abba Father. I need a father to encourage me. Uh, Joshua was taught how to fight battles, beat his enemies by his father. Samson understood his strength and obedience to his father. Samuel heard the voice of his father. David came to know the heart of his father. And he knew how to bring a father honor and to glorify him. I could talk about Elijah who knew a father that would show up when his son was showing off. Right? Father goes to see his son play basketball. Father goes to see his kids in all their sporting events. Well, Elijah went on to a mountain and he wanted to show off. And he... Put more water on that sacrifice. Put this on it. Come do that. And now the God of Elijah come show up and daddy was showing up. Daddy sent a fire onto that thing and burned it all up. And then Elijah went home. He ran away scared. That Jezebel was after him. He ran home and daddy showed up and said, don't you worry about a thing. Don't you worry about a thing. I need a father like the prophets understood a father. Jeremiah, Isaiah, Daniel, Ezekiel. They were discipled. They were restored. They saw the father correct and spank Israel time and time again. 
so that they would get it right. But of course, I have to stop at this one. He who is above every prophet, he who is the word himself become flesh, Jesus. The visible representation of the Father. I need a Father that shows up to hug me, that shows up to deliver me. That's what Jesus did. Father put his love in a package called Jesus to deliver you and I. He didn't stop short. He didn't send a telegram. He didn't just whisper one word, two words. He gave himself so that we would understand every purpose under heaven. He shows up when we need him. He chases me down. He fights till I'm found. He leaves the 99. He fights for me. He pays for my failure. There's no wall he won't kick down. There's uh, no lie he won't tear down. He's coming after me. There's no shadow he won't light up. There's no mountain he won't climb up. He's coming after me. I need a father. I have a father. And I don't know where you are at this morning. And I don't know where your relationship is. And I don't know what your consternation is. And I don't know what's troubling your mind. And I don't know what's dogging you. But there is one thing you and I need to do. We need to release that cry of the Spirit this morning and say, I need a Father. It is a cry. It is a bellow. It is kradzo. It is the word that means cry out. And He will answer. The church needs to say, this nation needs a father the church needs a father christ community church needs a father my house needs a father abba father come abba father come stand with me this morning and i am asking you i don't care I've taught you the biblical word and the biblical expression. I want you to be biblical this morning. And I'm asking you to cry out of your spirit. Let your intellect be set aside for a second. Let your personality be set aside for a second. And let the spirit of God release the cry that is the only solution you've needed for months now. But you hold it down, you suppress it, you hold it back, and you try to figure it out yourself when the Spirit all along has been trying and trying to cry out, I need a Father. Would you cry it out with me right now? Say it. I need a Father. Say it again. I need a Father. Now there are some of you that have still not said it. And all I can imagine is daddy saying, come on, I am here. And you're wondering, why doesn't he show up? Why doesn't he put some effort into this thing? Come on. This isn't about your, again, I, I don't know how else to say it. I'm, I'm asking for you to do something supernatural. I'm asking for you to cry something out that comes out of your spirit that was put into you from the mouth of Jesus himself. And we're going to say, Abba, Father, this time, all right? And I want you to cry it out. Say it with me. 
Abba, Father. Come on. Abba, Father. Louder. Abba, Father. One more time. Abba, Father. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, praise Him.